Log Talk Radio. to all the uh, you go to all 
call the uh, Apple and you go uh, buy all the tele buy all the television, you go buy all the bumper stickers, you go hire all the experts, and we're going to launder all of this through a law firm. Continue. That's what uh, that's what Gary said. And news in Washington. We begin with the latest reports at least one person has been charged in connection with Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. The reports say a federal grand jury approved the charges Friday. Those charges have been sealed by a judge, and anyone facing charges could be taken into custody as soon as tomorrow. Meanwhile, House Republicans are launching new investigations into Hillary Clinton including the revelation that her campaign and the Democratic National Committee paid for opposition research that led to the Russia dossier that accused the Trump campaign of collusion with the Russians. Joining us now to discuss all this, Congressman Trey Gowdy, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Chairman, let's start with the report from several news outlets that the first uh, Mueller charges will be announced tomorrow as a former federal prosecutor yourself. What will you be looking for? Um, well, first of all, Chris, we don't know who's being charged. Let's assume arguendo the reporting is true. We don't know who's being charged. We don't know what they're being charged for. We don't know the time period. Um, I will tell you this. The only conversation I've had with Robert Mueller, it was stressing to him the importance of, of cutting out the leaks with respect to serious investigations. So it, it is kind of ironic that the people charged with investigating the law and executing the law would violate the law. And make no mistake, disclosing grand jury material is a violation of the law. So as a former prosecutor, I'm disappointed that you and I are having the conversation because somebody violated their oath of secrecy. Let's handicap this, though, if you will, sort of expert analysis. As a federal prosecutor, you're quite right. We do not know who's being charged and what they're being charged for. What, if anything, when we find that out, whether it's somebody close to the president, somebody further down, whether it's something related to Russia, or whether it's, what, in effect, an extraneous charge, not to say it's not a legitimate charge, but something like fraud or, or, or money laundering, what will that tell us about the Mueller investigation? Well, a little phrase um, in the memo from Rod Rosenstein uh, arose or may arise from the investigation. I mean, the reason you have that phraseology is if special counsel finds evidence of a crime that's unrelated to his or her original jurisdiction, you don't ignore it. Uh, but it's going to be really important whether or not uh, this indictment involves 15-year-old business transactions or 15-day-old conversations uh, with, with Russia. So it's kind of interesting uh, what they're doing, and I, uh, it's still going on. It's been going on for a long time. Well, so, yeah, it, it never gives up, I guess. No, well, Weird, huh? very hard to catch them in the net. Yeah. You get them in the net and they jump out. Well, here's another thing. Uh, uh, Mueller adds cyber crimes expert, okay, to, the mm -hmm. prosec to his prosecution probe, the Russian probe. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Do you think he would have had one all along? But um, okay. Special Counsel Robert Mueller has added a prosecution prosecutor, rather, who specializes in cyber crimes to his team, investigating Russia's interference in the election and possible collusion with the Trump campaign. The spokesman for Mueller, office, uh, Mueller's office, told the Hill on Wednesday that. 
Ryan Dickey was added to the council's high-powered team of prosecutors in November after serving with the Justice Department's Computer Crime and Intellectual Property Section. Dickey, the website reported, is the first veteran prosecutor of cybercrimes to join the probe. Cybercrimes play a large role in this investigation as the Russian hackers stand accused of stealing emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic Party. And President Trump has repeatedly attacked the probe and has falsely asserted that he has been um, proven that there was no collusion between Trump team and Vladimir Putin's Russia, including a tweet on Wednesday. It was stated that the single greatest witch hunt in American history continues and there's no collusion. Anybody, everybody, including the Dems, know there is no collusion. And yet, on and on it goes. Russia and the world is laughing at the stupidity they are witnessing. Russians should finally take control. The commander-in-chief wrote Republicans should take control. What do you think of that?
will be to blame. Most of the groups pushing the convention idea are being underwritten by one or more institutions tied to billionaire industrialists Charles and David Koch. I guess the limit topic of the convention is likely to fail. On February 24th, Wyoming became the 29th state to pass a resolution requesting a convention specifically to add a single balanced budget amendment to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And many of these legislative resolutions also attempt to set the rules for the convention and limit who can attend it or uh, to select list of largely GOP candidate leaders. Sounds like a nightmare. To, Sounds to like it could be a setup. It could be a setup, yeah. This is a very long article, by the way. But it could very well be. I'm going to ask people if they're interested to please go to Moyers and Company dot com, I guess, and check out this article. Very interesting article. But uh, so anyway, um, let's see what's this one. Oh yeah. Jobs. Yeah, this was sad. This was a sad issue. It said uh, over 250 workers are being laid off by carrier. This week, according to uh, uh, this week, despite Trump's promise to save their jobs, where we we are living in Indianapolis at a town hall where we're live rather, sorry, Indianapolis at a town hall workers who've been let go follow Good Jobs Nation for more. Let's see what we got here. drug 
Okay. AJ, to, what, to what end? Because <laughs> he's an idiot. AJ, so that he can have the information? Yeah, I guess. AJ Sessions, Jeff Sessions. Um, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Cannabis, cannabis Policy Advisor. Yeah, yeah you right. Is no other than Dr. Robert Dupont, a, sec, uh, a seasoned war on drugs veteran who spent much of his career spreading the myth that cannabis is the gateway drug. Mm-hmm. DuPont added advice sessions that doctors should force patients whom they think may be addicted to drugs into rehab against their will. DuPont is recognized as a top advisor in cannabis policy and has been for a long time now. Last December, he attended a meeting with Sessions where he broadened uh, the dangers, where he broached the dangers of driving stoned, which DuPont admitted to the Daily Beast. DuPont was part of a few drug policy experts who were invited by Sessions to attend a meeting regarding the federal options for the legalization of state cannabis laws, which is held right before uh, California legalized recreational use. DuPont began his career back in, in the 70s, began his career, uh, when he was first an advocate for decriminalizing marijuana possession, and he was uh, also responsible for launching the first methadone treatment program for heroin addiction in Washington. And DuPont was also the first director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, but because of his never-ending radical mindset, uh, he was forced to resign in 1978. However, come the 1980s, he turned the other way and started popularizing the gateway drug myth. In 2010, he held author of a bill helped author a bill requiring cops to test anyone who was suspected of driving under the influence, no matter what the substance, and arrest them if they proved guilty. And the bill exempted drivers who consumed prescription drugs, but it didn't apply to medicinal cannabis patients, since doctors still aren't allowed to prescribe cannabis, but only legally recommend its use. Um, what this means for MMJ marijuana medical marijuana patients, um, is that they still face repercussions if they are caught driving under the influence, even if they live in a state that has legalized cannabis. And the fact that any person charged with violating this subject, subjection is, um, subsection rather, is or, or was legally entitled to consume alcohol or to use a controlled substance, medication, drug, or other impairing substance shall not constitute a defense against any charge, says the bill. So if you if you if you're caught with using marijuana, if you're caught you, you're, you're, impaired you're, using it, yeah. But if you're caught impaired using anything else, no alcohol, problem. you're going to have a pay a penalty. Well, you know, it's the it, same. It, yeah, but look, it says substance is legally. That isn't what it says. Though. It says it was legally entitled to consume, uh, or uh, is or was legally entitled to consume alcohol or use a cons controlled substance, medication, drug, or other impairing substance shall not constitute a defense against any charge, says the bill. So, whatever. so if you're impaired, you're impaired. Well, according to that, but prior to that, it was, you know, it wasn't that. So, however, what even what's even worse is that the bill also prohibits the internal possession of chemical or controlled substances. In other words, if you're tested positive for an illegal drug when cops stopped you, at the roadside, even if you aren't driving stone, you can still face the same legal consequences. 
Any person who provides a bodily fluid sample containing any amount of chemical or controlled substance commits an offense punishable in the same manner. I would never give up a, a piss test to anybody. Yeah? Okay. I just wouldn't do it. And uh, the Daily Beast article states that the Justice Department spokesperson was asked for uh, feedback on whether or not Sessions knew that DuPont's proposal to reprimand drug users even if they aren't driving under the influence, or if this idea was supported by Sessions, they just responded by reinforcing the consequences of driving intoxicated. Uh, this goes on. Uh, but mm-hmm. the thing is, is that, you know, Sessions is an asswipe. He is the biggest, biggest, biggest prick I've ever seen in anywhere. And I just hope, and, uh, and of course, his minions here, this, this idiot, um, um, Dr. DuPont, okay, is saying that, uh, you know, what everybody in the world knows is bullshit, all right? But anyway, the Trump administration waives punishment for convicted banks, including Deutsche Bank, which Trump owes millions to. Mm. you imagine that? Huh? That's amazing to me. Good. He waived, you know, he, he waived, uh, the, the, the Deutsche Bank was, was, uh, was indicted, was was convicted for uh, money laundering, okay? Especially the Russian money laundering, mm-hmm. right? But Trump owes $130 million to, to, to that bank, and wow. so he waived their fees, their fines. The Trump administration has waived part of the punishment for five mega banks whose affiliates were convicted with fi- and fined for manipulating global interest rates. One of the Trump administration's waivers was granted to Deutsche Bank, which is owed at least $130 million by Trump, uh, Donald Trump and his business empire and has also been fined for its role in the Russian money laundering scheme. The waivers were issued in a little-noticed announcement published in the Federal Register during the Christmas holiday week. They come less, they, they come less than two years after then-candidate Trump promised I'm going. I'm not going to let Wall Street get away with murder. Yeah, he waved them. Of course, they probably waved his uh, by waving their their fines. They probably waved his his debt. You know, yeah. under laws under laws designed to protect retirement savings, financial firms whose affiliates have been uh, convicted of violating securities statutes are effectively barred from the lucrative business of managing those savings. However, that business, that punishment can be avoided if the firms manage to secure a special exemption from the U.S. Department of Labor, allowing them to keep their status as qualified professional asset managers. Yeah. All right. In the late 2016, the Obama administration extended temporary one-year waivers to five banks, Citicorp, J.P. Morgan, Barclays, UBS, and Deutsche Bank. Last, late last month, the Trump uh, uh, administration issued new, longer waivers for those same banks. Mind you, they're not saying this in this idiot article, but those banks are part, make up the uh, Federal Reserve. Those are the private banks that make up the Federal Reserve. So he's giving them all friggin' waivers. I mean, you know, you got to get rid of this. This is a long article, but, you know, it's dirt, folks. It's dirt. He bought, he got, he bought off... He paid off his debt with that little motion. Yep. So, uh, Trump is named the number one oppressor of press freedom in 
in the world. Can you imagine? That's why I have post. Donald Trump, who recently... Donald Trump, who recently said he would announce the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year, has been awarded the title of the world's most oppressive leader toward press freedom by the Committee to, pro- to Protect Journalists. Trump claimed that journalism organization is top prize for overall achievement in undermining global press freedom and joins four other leaders, including strongmen like Turk, Turkish President uh, whatever Erdogan, and Russian leader Putin, who have gone above and beyond to silence critical voices and weaken democracy, the Committee to Protect Journalists said Monday. The group said its awards were to were for recognizing world leaders who have gone out of their way to attack the press and undermine the norms that support freedom of the media. And though CPJ... Uh, determined that countries like uh, Russia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what was that? I don't know. Some, something came up, but I don't know where it came from. Uh, kind of freaky, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It sounded almost evil. Mm-hmm. They'll be announcing the most uh, dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, Trump's responsible for the. Trump is considered probably the greatest oppressor of media in the world at this point. So that's kind of interesting. This is. I wanted everybody to hear this tonight because this this is, it takes a little bit. Of, it's about six minutes, but um, this is the governor, Kate Brown of um, of Oregon. All right, oh. and she's out. She's speaking out against Jeff Sessions decision to rescind current federal marijuana policy because they legalized it in, in Oregon, you know, and uh, he wants to take that away. And this is this is very interesting, and I think it's worth, worth listening to because uh, this, this, she's on the cutting edge of this marijuana revolution here. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I really appreciate uh, the law enforcement community that's here, Oregon State Police Superintendent Travis Hampton, uh, Portland Police Chief, Outlaw, and of course, Multnomah County Sheriff Mike Reese. Uh, in light of the news of Attorney General Sessions' announcement uh, that is literally ripping the rug out from underneath the marijuana industry, in Oregon, we're going to choose to move forward. Uh, we have worked very hard over the last several months to implement the principles of the Cole Mem- Memorandum. And the reason why that is important is because the focus of the Colt Memorandum is to keep our children safe and keep marijuana off the black market. And this has been a coordinated effort with uh, federal, state, and local jurisdictions, and it has been very successful. We've also worked very closely with the Oregon legislature to pass legislation to ensure tracking from seed to sale for marijuana as well as increasing penalties for marijuana violations. The result of all this collaborative work is that we have now a thriving marijuana industry. The industry has created over 19,000 jobs uh, throughout the state of Oregon, uh, adding over $100 million in revenue uh, to schools, uh, to public safety, and to drug and alcohol treatment in Oregon in the last year and a half. 
absolutely uh, imperative that we have those resources. Um, these are jobs in our underserved communities and communities across Oregon that are really struggling, and they're good paying jobs. So it's a thriving economy. These are local businesses that are doing really, really well. Um, this is extremely concerning given the fact that our president has said he wants the states to be the laboratories of democracy, that he wants us uh, to uh, move forward on states' rights issues. And I can think of no better illustration of the laboratory of democracy than our initiative process. Oregonians voted overwhelmingly to legalize marijuana. Uh, we are implementing the will of the voters here in a way that is uh, successful for the economy. Um, I am happy to take any questions, and I appreciate you all being here. We look forward to working with our U.S. Attorney's Office to implement the Cole Memorandum for the District of Oregon. I spoke with the U.S. Attorney this morning before there was any official announcement. I have not spoken to him since then. Uh, they'll certainly review uh, the sessions memorandum, and we'll be talking soon. We've been in, uh, for, for everyone, the question is what are our legal options? We've been in close communication with uh, the state attorney general, Ellen Rosenblum, and we'll be pursuing all legal options available to us. The short answer is no. Uh, state troopers, city police officers, uh, deputy sheriffs, we enforce state statute in Oregon. Uh, as the governor made it very clear, uh, either through a voter um, at, the, at the ballot box, through initiatives, through our Oregon legislative process, citizens of Oregon have determined uh, marijuana recreationally is legal to be used in a responsible manner. And so we will not uh, target people that are operating um, lawfully within state statute. Uh, I hope over the next 48 hours that we will have clarity from the U.S. Attorney. I, I am well aware that it's important uh, that uh, folks have an opportunity to review all the legal options available to them. Um, but we know that uh, the state of Colorado, the U.S. Attorney there, has already uh, made a decision to move forward in implementing the COLA Memorandum. We think the policy makes sense. The priority of the policy is to keep our children safe and to make sure that we keep marijuana off the black market. It's been successful here. We want to continue that path. Well, I think it's um, extremely unsettling for our business community. This is a new and thriving industry. Um, and when I talk to business owners, the things they want are certainty and stability. And this definitely has ripped the rug out from underneath the investments that they have made in this new and thriving industry. As I mentioned, this is a job creator for Oregon, over 19,000 jobs. These are good paying jobs in communities across the state that are struggling. We will work to restore that sense of stability and certainty in the state of Oregon. Uh, he was certainly aware of it. I don't know what his discussions have been with uh, U.S. officials. Governor, can you give us your position on 
Well, um, Oregon values and our Oregon coastal economies uh, require uh, that we protect uh, both offshore and nearshore and prohibit drilling. I'm appalled uh, that our president would move contrary to Oregon values, frankly, contrary to West Coast values. And frankly, this will, these moves will be very damaging to our coastal economies, both the natural resource economy and the recreational and tourism economies. We certainly talked with Governor Brown, Governor Sanders, Governor Hensley's office. We are united in our opposition to this move by the president. Thank you all very much. Is there anything you can do as a state? Well, she can kick them up. That's about it. Well, that's Oregon, that's folks. That's a bad move. Yeah, a real bad move. But that, that's what's going on. These guys are ridiculous. Yeah, they're really, really, really ridiculous. Now, this is interesting. This one was really interesting because this, this has to do with the uh, with that steel dossier, you know? Yeah. And it's really becoming an issue because, uh, uh, and I think as we get to understand this guy uh, a little more, um, we we understand what what he, what he's doing. Um, the transcript of Fusion GPS founder Glenn Simpson testifies before the Senate Judiciary Committee, released to the public by Diane Feinstein in both the entire congressional investigation and brief, and revealing insight into why Republicans have been so anxious to keep this information under lock and key. Mm. Every question asked by Republicans in the meeting, every single question focused on trying to find information they could use to demean and defame the witness. They wanted to paint Fusion GPS as a democratic operation. They were determined to turn Christopher Steele's visit to the to the uh, FBI into a partisan act. And uh, they used every moment of their time to find something Fusion had done wrong or that Steele had done wrong. In some way, they both, the company and the information they had gathered could be dismissed. In a day-long interview that was uh, supposed to further the investigation into connections between Trump's campaign and Russian officials, no Republican expressed the slightest interest in that topic. Huh. Instead, surfacing any information related to Trump's activities in Russia was left to the Democrats. Not that Democrats didn't spend a good portion of their time trying to eliminate the motives behind Fusion's actions. They did. And Democrats also walked, walked carefully through the information that made Christopher Steele feel that he had to go to the FBI. But they also spent time on the topic that was supposed to be the point of the hearing. By the end of the transcript, a few things were clear. Even before they hired Christopher Steele, Fusion's EPS, GPS, was well aware of Trump's uh, numerous connections to crime bosses in Russia and in former Soviet states. Hmm. Steele was hired not to generate information, but to fill in the gaps around the relationships that were already obvious for the public record and Trump's own statements. And almost from the beginning, uh, we're almost... And almost from the moment he began investigating Steele, came across a flood of confirmation information that included deliberate efforts on the part of Russian government to influence the United States election, and information so disturbing that Steele felt it was requisite for him, on him as a professional, 
with decades of experience and intelligence to take what he had learned to American authorities and inform them of the grave and growing danger. When he did, Steele was relieved to find that the FBI was already on the topic and taking it seriously, thanks to information that originated inside the Trump campaign. Most of all, the transcripts revealed just why Senator Chuck Grassley was so determined to keep it hidden, because the clear words on the page made it obvious that the criminal charges levied at Steele by Grassley and Senator uh, Lindsey Graham were beyond political showboating and into the realm of egregious obstruction, and the transcript makes it dead clear that Republicans have no interest in finding the truth or protecting the nation, in protecting the nation. Hmm. The transcripts revealed the reasons that Republicans have been so determined to dismiss the Steele dossier and other information put together by Fusion GPS, and that they did so because the information collected by Fusion confirmed that investigations at the Financial Times made public months ago Donald Trump was deeply involved with Russian mobsters who were largely responsible for his finances. In fact, much of Trump's claimed wealth is simply inexplicable. 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 Thank you. Apparently unmoored from any legitimate source, and Donald Trump's successful real estate tycoon was a fiction. Steele's network of contacts and years of relationship building along with his entry into Russia at a point where the connection between Trump and his international criminal underground had not yet become a topic of general discussion, allowed him to gather a great deal of information quickly. That information made it clear that the Russian government was determined to assist Trump, if for no other reason than to harm Hillary Clinton. It also became... It also became... It also became clear from the onset that Trump's activities in Russia had opened him to potential blackmail, uh, putting an American presidential candidate under the thumb of the Russian operatives, both financially, uh, fiscally, and personally. Christopher Steele and the partners of Fusion GPS were, cra- were cackling together over vague, salacious rumors and spinning out tales of Trump's wild nights in Moscow. They were confronted by a mountain of evidence that showed Trump was both financially dependent on and personally compromised by Russian oligarchs with connections both to criminal families and to the corporate uh, and to rather the corrupt Russian government. What we learned from the releases of the transcripts only confirmed what we've been what we've seen in public hearings. Uh, Republicans are doing everything they can to protect Trump even if that means attacking people who only did their best to uncover the truth. And Republicans are even willing to press criminal charges against a man who put himself at personal risk and brought what he had learned to the attention of the FBI because what he found was such a threat to America and possibly the world. Well, what the transcripts reveal is that in investigating connections between Donald Trump and corrupt governments uh, overseas, Fusion GPS... Uh, demonstrated that the government right here in the United States is equally corrupt and equally willing to trade truth for power and equally ready to condemn those whose only crime is is uncovering information which those in charge want thoroughly buried. The information collected by Fusion GPS is an indictment of Donald Trump as a front man for mobsters and corrupt governments 
whose crooked dealings and personal excesses left him open to easy manipulation. And But their fusion GPS transcripts are an indictment of the Republican Party as an entity that has lost any concern for the nation and fairness or the facts, an entity addicted to power by any means and willing to use that power to close the mouths of those they view as threats. Yep. So that's why they're that's why they're going after the steel guy. Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting. Our uh, our ex neighbor uh, Ben Riva, I I sent this out to him uh, last uh, the other day because I was I was going to go through some uh, memories of a, about a year ago a year ago this week a year ago yesterday actually uh, it came to my attention that. Uh, Entergy uh, is the company that owns Indian Point and, New, and, and Hudson uh, Nuclear Energy mm-hmm. uh, Plant in Landmark Agreement. Okay, um, now they're supposed to be closing that plant. Ben lives Ben right to me and says, "Man, I live right by there now because he, mm-hmm. he lives right near Indian Point plant. It's leaking, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of problems with Indian Point." Nuts. So, and again, a year ago uh, to the day, January 9th, which is yesterday. Did anybody? I I know I read this back last year, but it's worthy again. Looks like a giant mushroom. Well, Trump uh, just fired the team. Well, last year, January 9th, fired the team who looks after the safety and security of U.S. nuclear weapons stockpile. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this was this was from the end of last year. Um, I want to read that too because I, it's, it's bizarre as hell. I remember when he did it, and it came back to me today. And I uh, came up today, and uh, Facebook uh, threw it back in my uh, lap today. It reminded me. Between the Trump transition teams and fighting incompetence and high-profile resignations, this was all in, in last January when they first took office. Mm-hmm. I cried out loud. You know, um, any decision that signaled even a modicum of stability for the country would come as a relief at this point. Unfortunately, the nascent uh, Trump administration isn't uh, inclined to calm anyone's nerves. According to an official within the Department of Energy, the Trump transition team has declined to ask the head of the National Nuclear Security Administration and his deputy to temporarily stay in their roles after Trump takes office in January. So, in other words, they don't. They they want to. They want. He doesn't want those same people. And he didn't want those people. He he, he kicked them all out. The NNSA is the $12 billion a year agency that maintains and enhances the safety, security, and effectiveness of the nuclear weapons stockpile, U.S. weapons stockpile. It's unclear when the two officials will be replaced. Their offices will remain vacant until they are. And traditionally, all political appointees of an outgoing political administration turn in resignation letters effective on noon of the inauguration day, January 20th. But appointees in key positions, like the people who make sure our nukes work, are often asked to stay on in their roles until a replacement can be found and confirmed by the Senate, helping ensure a smooth transition and allowing our government to continue functioning 
in fact. But Trump decided he was going to let those guys go without replacing them. So that's where we're at. Nobody wants to step in. No. Well, though, you know, nobody really knows he what's going to happen. Anybody. Yeah. I'm sure he, maybe he did, but this was a year ago, and I, this was... Uh, it doesn't sound like much has changed since no. then, does it? Another one a year ago. Now, you thought this was a cold year? Mm-hmm. Mount Shasta set a world record for the largest snowfall, 18 feet in four days. Who is that? Mount Shasta in California, home of the world record for a single dump, 189 inches in 1959. Uh, it's getting pounded by a storm in biblical proportions this year. So they got 18 feet in four days. <clears throat> That's a lot of snow. That was last year. January, and she's last still January. not around? Last year. What? What? Well, what did you just say? I just didn't hear that last. Mount Shasta got 18 feet, 18 feet in four days of snow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it's a world record, and that was last year, January 9th. Now, uh, how did it do this January? Did they say? Oh, I don't know. This was last year. This, oh. These are these are pull-ups from last year. I was just going over these uh, these things. Uh, oh, looking back at last year. I yeah. thought we got more this year, I wonder. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Let it be known, Obama was no humanitarian. Obama dropped 26,171 bombs worldwide. In 2016, alone, hmm. he wins Nobel Peace Prize and Pentagon Public Service Medal. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's great when you're the president; you can give yourself you all those things. Oh, this one was funny. This was last year. This time, the same day last year, this was posted, and I, I posted. WashingtonPost.com says the Czech, Czechoslovakian government tells its citizens how to fight terrorists. Says, shoot them yourselves. They give, you know, they they, they give them guns and say, shoot your yeah. own terrorists. Imagine that. It's I true. can. Yeah, it, it, was, it was true. I, I remember reading this. It was a year ago, though. I remember this stuff. Amazing how I can remember things. A couple of months ago, now you remember this was this was first published on January 9th uh, of last year of 2017. Uh, it was about the Czech Republic, and Milo Seven made an unusual request. He said uh, he urged citizens to arm themselves against a possible super holocaust carried out by Muslim terrorists. He said, never mind that there are fewer than 4,000 Muslims in this country and 10 million people, gun purchases spiked. One shop owner in East Bohemia, a region in the north center of the Czech Republic, told the local newspaper that people were scared of a wave of Islamists. And now the country interior ministry is pushing a congressional change that would let citizens use guns against terrorists. Imagine that. Huh? Yeah. Anyway, it's home. Uh, Czech Republic already has some of the most lenient gun policies in Europe. It's home to about 800,000 registered for firearms and 300,000 people with gun licenses. Obtaining a weapon is relatively easy. Residents must be 21, pass a gun knowledge test, and have no criminal record. But um, there, it, it, this, this article goes on a ways, but it's saying to arm yourself against terrorists. I thought that was kind of, kind of strange. That was a year ago. I was just reading some stuff from a year back, so um, just to share with you, in times of change, 
things haven't changed, whatever. And uh, yeah, that. Um, yeah, I meant to. I don't. I don't think I read this last. Did I read this last week? Do you remember? I don't think I did. About the uh, Hillary break, Hillary fire.
sparked multiple FBI investigations and eventually one very controversial exoneration by former director James Comey was long been known to keep classified and illegal information in the less than secure domain of her New York household. The Clinton House uh, fire represents another astonishing prediction come true for Q Anon, the White House leaker. According to Q Anon, uh, who has predicted the future with remarkable accuracy in the last month, the Clintons are running scared and attempting to cover their tracks. The calm before the storm has ended. Trump has hit his uh, Trump has hit his stride in 2018, and the Clintons not and the Clintons not fear him. Oh, said that. They are also fearing for their freedom. The Clintons fear him. Not fear him. The Clintons fear him. Time is running out for the Clintons. Earlier this week, after Trump warned high-profile traffickers, uh, child traffickers, that he was coming for them, Q Anon posting for the White House pointed followers to an elite pedophile ring investigation of the State Department in 2013 that was shut down and covered up by Secret Secretary Hillary Clinton. Postings for Q official Twitter account, Bill Rowe, the anonymous insider posted a video of an NBC News report that contained explosive revelations about an investigation in the Child Abuse and Human Trafficking Network that was operating in Clinton's State Department. Wow, man. You know, there's some really dirty people in there. And uh, NBC investigation was broadcast at a time when they were a real news organization rather than a branch of the Democratic Party's PR department and provided leaked internal state Department memos to back up claims of a Bassett Hillary Clinton elite pedophile ring. However, according to NBC, the investigation into the elite pedophile ring was whitewashed by Hillary Clinton in order to protect high ranking officials, including an ambassador. Serious allegations concerning the State Department, the NBC anchor announced before launching into the disturbing uh, details, the mainstream media would be unable to report on it in, in 2017. According to internal department memos, the agency might have called off and int- or intervened into investigations into possible illegal, inappropriate behavior within its ranks, alleged to protect jobs and avoid scandals. Yeah, we'll see, huh?
with two federal guidelines that effectively limited prosecutions of businesses and individuals who sold pot in a legal manner under state law, even though the drug remains legal under federal uh, illegal under federal law. Sessions said for future prosecutions would be up to individual U.S. attorneys. However, the announcement appeared intended to discourage marijuana-related businesses by being deliberately vague about future federal enforcement efforts. And the new approach uh, will probably increase confusion about the legal risk of marijuana-related activity in the states that have passed legislation allowing people to grow, buy, or use pot. And given the uh, department's well-established general principles, uh, previous nationwide guidance uh, specific marijuana enforcement is unnecessary and is rescinded effective immediately. Session said in one page. Yeah, see that? So you just you just did that. Just you know. Um, in a subject, or rather in a statement, the attorney general said the department earlier guidance undermines the rule of law. Now, see what I don't understand about this is that this was Obama's laws. Mm-hmm. He, he set them up in an executive. Uh, uh, order and stuff, and this guy's taking away the exact. He, I thought only a president could do that. I didn't know that he could do that. No? I I I, that. I don't know. I don't really. Understand yeah, I don't. That. I don't see how he can he can uh, knock out the president, uh, a prior presidential uh, I, I uh, don't either. policy when when he's just a schmuck. He's, he's Only just, uh, Congress can really make the laws. So. That's right. This guy has no right to pull away laws. He, you know, he, it's 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 uh, he can't enforce these laws uh, because uh, I mean he can't. Uh, how can he nullify a presidential order? How? He's not. He can't. You know. Um, and the session said on one page memo. You know, he he was just throwing shit out there. I don't think he makes. I don't think he can legally enforce. However, Justice Department officials briefed reporters on the announcement declined to say whether their new policy was intended to increase federal prosecutions for marijuana-related crimes. He said, I can't sit here and say whether it will or will not lead to more marijuana prosecutions, uh, said a senior DOJ official who spoke on condition of anonymity. We believe U.S. attorneys' offices should be opened up to bring all of the cases that they believe are necessary to be brought. So it's still it's still gonna fall on uh, you know uh, on states on the state rights it's still gonna fall they 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 they're just bluffing them. Justice Department leaders said the Obama era policies, most of them issued by Deputy Attorney General Jim Cole, uh, made marijuana industry players too comfortable. The Cole memo is uh, interpreted uh, created a safe harbor for marijuana industry to operate in these states. There is a belief that this is inconsistent with what federal law says. Uh, the official said the Cole memo was not consistent with federal law. Sessions believes that it's important that the Department of Justice be enforcing the laws that were enacted by Congress. And when states stripped, uh, stepped up legalization efforts under the Obama administration, Justice Department officials considered the possibility of filing litigation aiming to head off such moves, but ultimately chose not to do so and to instead accommodate the state laws. That was the smart thing to do, you know. And this is a long, long article, but I just want you to know that that's, that's the nature of the beast, folks. That's where it's going. And uh, I want to thank everybody who joined us tonight. You know, it was a pleasure to have the fun. Uh, 
Oh, where do we leave with this? <laughs> uh, ten things from the explosive new book, Fire and Fury, from Trump. I, 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 I have to bring that up tonight to end with. Okay. The new the ten things, okay, that uh, the new book says that are, are really, really nuts. And... Uh, Conway and Sarah Sanders to have their makeup done. That was funny. Anyway, I was I was hoping to read that tonight.